0: As uh, we get ready to look ahead to Purdue's matchup uh, with Iowa, uh, the the moon helmets were a big success last week against Maryland uh, for the Boilermakers. I'll be curious what their uniform combination will be this week because Jeff Brom opened his post game press conference and said must be the uniforms after they beat Maryland 40 to 40 to 14. So I'm curious if Purdue will go all white again uh, without the moon helmet or what for those that. Like that kind of stuff, which we're always told the the young kids like the uniforms and the helmets and stuff, and that's that's why they pick schools. Uh, but we digress a little bit. Uh, joining us this week to talk about the Purdue Iowa matchup and get the lowdown on the uh, uh, on the Hawkeyes, uh, Mark Morehouse, one of one of my favorite guys to come across in the Big Ten every year, and it's the only reason I think that Purdue and Iowa are in the in the West Division together, so we can uh, we can converse and talk and see each other. Isn't that right, Mark?
1: I think I'm just happy the Big Ten finally listened and made this happen.
0: (laughs) Yes, Mark works for the Cedar Rapids uh, Gazette. That's correct, right? That is correct. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I got that right. Uh, And he's a great follow on Twitter, a lot of humor, uh, but uh, knows his stuff about Iowa football, and uh, very knowledgeable, and uh, you'll be educated. Uh, once you give him a follow and we'll get his uh, Twitter handle here uh, at, probably at the end of the podcast. But uh, before we get dive into football details, you've been covering uh, Iowa football for a long time. You've made a lot of trips to West Lafayette. What's the best meal you've had in West Lafayette in your career? You know, uh, I'm trying to
1: think. We ate at a bar once that was really good. <laughs> I, I do not remember they had a heavy metal karaoke if that's a tip off to anything <laughs> i think we had wings and it was fantastic uh, i just don't remember uh west lafayette is one of those places where i think there's some gouging in the hotels and so we generally stay and say terre haute or places like you know places closer and i'm probably mixing up terre haute with places we've stayed for bloomington but uh there, there are a couple places in the big ten like that and madison is very gougy um uh, obviously state college we, I, I haven't stayed in state college since 2000 um so bless lafayette doesn't get i i, I just don't have the lowdown it we ate a bob evans once okay. uh so uh uh but mainly you know we're kind of a we jam mccano on the road and uh i think last week uh oh michigan we've we hit a buca de beppo and both of us uh, me and halas we both forgot that that was a family style dinner so we took home boxes of food that didn't even make it home. So uh, I, I I'm bad at uh, Big Ten travel guide. I know Madison a little bit. Um, I always like just going to Chicago. Uh, this week uh, Iowa goes to uh, Northwestern. He after Purdue and and maybe Northwestern will still have a season. I think they will, but uh, I know they'll have some sort of Chicago beef sandwich that will be more than worth the trip.
0: <laughs> True. Uh, anyway, let's get into the football talk. Uh, the, state sure. the, the state of the state of the Hawkeyes uh, right now. Uh, I can uh, let me let me see if I can paint the picture correctly, and if not, you'll tell me. But yeah. uh, they, they they they're off to another strong start. Then they play Michigan and Penn State. Uh, they score one touchdown, and the fan base wants everybody fired.
1: Um, I <laughs> you know the firing part. There is, you know, the offensive coordinator probably, you know, they probably could do without him just, just because, you know, you know that's how it goes. But quarterback has taken his ration of stuff. Um, but, yeah, last week was, to me, last the last two weeks has been all about protection and Iowa trying to uh, just protect the quarterback, trying to run any sort of offense. Uh, ten, eight sacks against Michigan, just two last week, but so many pressures. I think it's been – 16 hurries the last two weeks, and last week was just you know pretty much one-on-one breakdowns on the inside of the line of scrimmage. And when you have that, it it just blows up an offense. That inside pressure, and and Penn State was able to access that so easily and so quickly, and just basically one or two matchups. So uh, that's under construction. Iowa has some injuries in the offensive line. They discovered this kid uh, Kyler Shot, who's probably about 5'11, maybe six foot. But he's got tremendously strong hands, but he's been hurt. So he, uh, they've, they've been dancing around with the guards a little bit, and we'll see who shows up this week. I'm kind of curious myself. Uh, Mark Hallenberger, sophomore uh, from Bettendorf, more of a tackle body. He's it, I feel, it feels like he's been installed at right guard, and last week physically I thought he played re- pretty well uh, mentally. He, missed, he had a couple blowups that uh, really caused him some problems. On the other side, Landon Paulson had a lot of problems uh, in the last game. Uh, his twin brother, Levi, didn't play last week. I'm not sure why. I think he'll be in that spot this week. Obviously, I think uh, uh, I think the tackles, uh, Leonard Jackson, he's coming back from a knee injury, suffered in the first game. He really struggled at Michigan. I thought he was much better last week. And then the only offensive lineman who I think has gotten any sort of positive vibe right now about him is uh, right tackle Tristan Wirfs. He's... Uh, He's been a positive pass blocker the last two weeks. A couple breakdowns last week, but uh, the offensive line, if they can't protect the quarterback uh, they, and if they can't run the ball, well, there can't be touchdowns, can there, Mike? I mean, that's how it works.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Purdue saw that firsthand at Penn State because their quarterback was sacked ten times, and yeah. they, scored, they scored one touchdown. So th- this matchup is, I mean, Purdue has kind of revamped its offensive line uh, a little bit, three, three players at different positions, started the game against Maryland. And uh, their center is a, is a walk-on uh, center, uh, Sam Garvin. And uh, Mark Stickford started at left guard. And um, uh, the right tackle uh, was new. And the, his name is, is <laughs> escaping me right now. Oh, uh, Eric Miller started yeah. at right tackle. Along, you know, They have Grant Hermans and Matt McCann, veterans. But it, it appears that Purdue and Iowa are in the same situation, Um Albeit, I think they've arrived there differently. Purdue hasn't had the injuries on the offensive line, but it sounds like Iowa has, and they're just trying to fill some gaps. But when we think of Iowa football, we do think of the offensive line, and we do think of the running game. Is this is this just an injury thing that's happened to them, or, or have, have they been caught in a recruiting situation where they just don't have uh, the right number of bodies or the right the right amount of talent there to to hold up?
1: That's a great question. I asked Kirk Ferencet yesterday about can, can can a program like Iowa have too many offensive linemen in development? Of course, the, the movie put on that question uh, broke my ankles, and uh, <laughs> it was a touchdown. Um, I, I do think that they have too many offensive linemen right now in development and not enough able to help, and, and that is showing up. You do see a young player like Cody Ince. Last week he played about 20 snaps uh, in relief of Landon Paulson. Uh, and, you know, he made mistakes. Uh, but but I think, you know, you talk about fan base. Uh, the, the, they, there's a little bit of a call for sticking with just two guys. I disagree with that because I think it's such a case-by-case basis. And right now, I, I would be – I think Iowa should rotate off his alignment to the matchup almost because uh, last week was a bad matchup. I think that they just need – you can't discard anyone. You're going to need everybody – and you're going to need to rotate everybody to, because to, they they just can't lose the one-on-one matchups like they did last week. You can't operate that way as an offense. But the, in the last three years, the running game has slid. Uh, there's no question about it. And last year, I think it was about three and a half yards of carry. It started out strong this year, and then it played blue bloods. And you know, and Brian Ferentz, this is his third year as offensive coordinator. They're now one and eight against ranked teams, and that one was a win, a, an unexpected win over. And dominating win over ohio state you guys over there at purdue you guys are you guys you guys are familiar with that
0: win <laughs> All um, very much so, so
1: iowa had one of those uh under Brian appearance but since then they're one and seven and i think the uh, yards per carry in there is uh right around 2.3 so that's not going to do it and that's really iowa's identity and you know it's weird uh sometimes you're gifted uh great leads this drop out of the sky Last week, or uh, two weeks ago, at Michigan, Nate Stanley was blitzed on the last play. It was fourth down. He had to get rid of the ball. He switched the ball from his right hand to his left hand and still completed the pass. So <laughs> Iowa literally has been playing left hand a little bit this year, but again, at least in the last two weeks. I think Iowa should be able to establish a running game this week. Uh, I think Purdue, you know, a little bit injured on defense, a little bit undersized maybe, but uh, there is a lot of speed over there. And, I, and if I'm Purdue. I'm doing exactly what Michigan and Penn State did. I'm attacking the line of scrimmage, and I'm attacking it relentlessly with speed. Maybe you'll give up a big play, but I think think if I'm Purdue, I want to put Iowa in a position where Stanley has to make plays to beat you. Uh, Don't let them have the running game. And I think – I don't know if Purdue has the pieces to do that, but that's what I would try to do.
0: Uh, Purdue may not have all the pieces to do that. They have some. Uh, because they have they have suffered a number of injuries on both sides of the ball, but especially defensively, when you when you lose Marcus Bailey, yes. uh, the t- the top guy, uh, he's out for the year, and they've lost some other guys, especially on the defensive line. You know, Anthony Watts might be a question mark this week. He missed last week's game, hurt his elbow against Penn State, but he did he was involved in some parts of practice yesterday. Uh, again, don't know what that means for for Saturday, but uh, I want to continue with Nate Stanley. He, he he's a guy that's been around it, it appears forever, uh, but I mean he's I I don't know how to describe him. I mean you're around him more than I am, and I'm looking at it from afar. I, I think he's a really good quarterback, but then there are times where he's not a very good quarterback and you know that's that screams inconsistency but h- how would you kind of sum up his you know I know his career's not over yet but how would what would be the nut graph about his career in your mind
1: inconsistent uh, at times highly inaccurate um, but also at times he steers the ship uh, I, I know people recoil at You know game management I think his game management has been tight Um, he's he's won games that way he wins games with his arm he needs time Um, he needs to get in a rhythm he needs to have some flow to stay accurate I think he's better when he's uh, just in motion and not thinking Um, but what you know he's been under pressure a lot and what pressure when you're pressured a lot mechanics break down and that's when big mistakes happen Michigan made some bad decisions. Uh, threw up some balls. His guys let him down too. At Michigan, there was one play. Uh, a wide receiver just was out muscled for the ball. Uh, that's you can't have that. But in my mind, inconsistent. I think Mikey read it perfectly. Uh, I, I don't. He's not won a big big game except for that Ohio State game. Uh, I would I would rank his biggest three wins as. Um, oh, uh, Ohio State. Uh, he beat Iowa State in his first year as a starter 44 41 in a really cool shootout in overtime. And then probably the Outback Bowl where they faced down a, an NFL defense, basically. So I, I think uh, inconsistent. I think you're accurate. And I think fans, you can't close the books on him. And, you know, he's got six more games. There's three more trophy games for the Hawkeyes. But, uh, uh, I think he is what he is at this point. He's fairly inconsistent, and that's how it's going to be. All
0: right. A program that has had multiple tight ends, I don't hear about them now. <laughs> where, where, yeah. are they? where are they?
1: <laughs> they? They're there. They're, they're out there. Um, last week you saw Nate Weeding um, finally kind of come alive as a pass receiver, but only because they had their gun to their heads and late and trying to come back against uh, Penn State. They were down 17-6 and had to pull it out or pull out all the stops to try to make something happen of course they missed the two first round tight ends mike of course uh I'm monday night football i'm a huge packer fan i'm a dork that way and i get it um but the packers played uh the lions twice on the goal line the lions went to former iowa tight end who would be a redshirt junior at iowa if he would have come back and tj hawkinson uh yeah iowa misses that really around the goal line and you know that's why a streak like last week—I think it ended up being 26 consecutive drives and against Power Five teams without a touchdown—finally ended last week uh, on, on Brandon Smith's uh, kind of miraculous catch. Uh, but yeah, tight ends have been have not been there in the passing game. Iowa has run more tight end-less if that's a word formations this year than it has all than it did all of last year. So they they are not there. I do think the wide receivers are. Are the strengths, and I think they're the better players. than Brandon Smith and Amir Smith, Marset. A lot of running backs have been getting looks too. They've, been, they've had to replace the tight end touches somewhere, and that looks like running backs right now. And it has opened the door for Tyler Goodson. So I think overall, yeah, the tight ends aren't—they're not there the way they've been for Iowa. But you know, it's opened a door to a player like Tyler Goodson, a true freshman running back from Georgia, who—who's got it. He's a good-looking player.
0: So, so as much as the offense has not you know, got in the end zone the last couple of weeks. The defense holds Michigan to 10 points. They, they limit Penn State to 17. And seeing Penn State firsthand a couple weeks ago, you know, I think that's a that can be a dynamic offense uh, when you get Clifford out there and then uh, Noah Kane does what he, what he does and you got K.J. Hamler. But what, what's been going right defensively for Iowa, maybe not just the last two weeks, but this season?
1: Yeah, this season they've been le- not l- less aggressive. Uh, they've been more of a read-and-react defense, and they're, it's always been a defense, Mike, that's been bend-don't-break, and it's perfectly comfortable giving up yards in between the 20s. It's still one of the best scoring defenses in the nation. That's all you point at. Uh, I think it was number three going into Penn State, and I'm sure that really didn't sink much last week. So uh, one of the best scoring defenses in the country, and that's something that will keep you in every game, I think, uh, and has kept them in the last two weeks. The defense does have some holes in that they have some really new guys, and the secondary has kind of uh, been—it it has gone through its own injury uh, phase, and uh, it's come out of that a little bit now. Matt Hankins returned last week; he's uh, maybe their best uh, cover corner. So, secondary-wise, they're coming together. They're—I I like. I, I like really like the the corner pair they have right now. But I'm talking about secondary because I think it's really going to come down. That's what it's going to be in this game. Right. I'm talking to the guys yesterday, uh, one thing about Purdue and the attack is Purdue will throw to places where everyone knows they don't have the best odds. Uh, uh, field side deep, uh, they'll they'll throw there. It's a long ball. Last year you saw uh, uh, David Blau throw that ball a couple times and, and it hit. I, I think Purdue is kind of. It, 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 has shown in the last two games, they've beaten the Hawkeyes the last two games on the long ball. Right. So I, I'm not sure, you know, if Iowa can't get a pass rush going, that will still be there for Purdue. I'm not sure, you know, what Purdue has wide receiver. I know David Bell's in there, and uh, uh, I, Brondale's uh, out this week. It sounds like. So uh, I, th- I still think I was vulnerable there, and uh, really last year the pat in the passing game, with Purdue. I think the most impressive thing, I think the, the thing that can get Iowa, is uh. uh the way that uh, Blau got the ball out two and a half seconds, that makes a guy like AJ Epinesa just kind of like a lamp in your living room. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not touching you. So in two and a half seconds, so that's really great management of a game. And, and, uh, I thought Purdue did enough right things last year to, to deserve that win. Um, this year, Iowa knows what's coming. we talked about it all day yesterday with the uh, defensive backs. Uh, we talked about, do you take this personally? Do you, uh, uh, what do you need to do? How do you need to do this? Blah blah blah. Uh, that's they know what's coming, and uh, uh, I think they're up to the task this year. We'll see. But uh, the defense, absolutely, They've been keeping keeping a minute. Got some holes, but uh, I think uh, if Purdue can can maybe get an inside running game going and keep Iowa a little bit off balance, that might be their
0: best bet there. Yeah, and even go back two years when A Cindelar hit Anthony Mahungu on a couple long touchdown passes. Uh, that got Purdue in a position to, to, to get to a bowl game. Um, and I, I think in that game, they went after Iowa's weakest corner uh, at the start of the third quarter. And, you know, I think Jeff Brom tried to pick on the weakest corner again last year with Blau and, and Terry Wright. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be curious if uh, if Jack Plummer can can follow suit with Sindelar and Blau. You know, Plummer doesn't have the experience that uh, that Blau and Sindelar, you know, did in those games. Uh, Braum's still trying to get him to put more juice on the ball uh, and step forward a little bit more, and I thought he did that last week. But, you know, Purdue does have the weapons, even without Rondell Moore, uh, with with David Bell, as you mentioned, and a couple other guys to, to maybe hit the long ball again. I think I averaged it out. It was, I think, Purdue's touchdown passes against Iowa the last two years have averaged... Almost 37 yards, uh, <laughs> a TD. So uh, we'll see what what the Professor Brom comes up with <laughs> uh, uh, this week. But in in a, in a kind of a in a bigger picture, in your opinion, uh, is it just the long ball is is why Brom is 2 and 0 against Iowa, or is there is there something else there that uh, Purdue's been able to exploit or Purdue's been able to to, to take advantage of the last couple years?
1: I think X and O wise that that is it. I think X and O wise uh, it is exploit getting Iowa where uh, maybe they don't expect a ball to go and, and like uh, last year with the uh, the deep out or the deep routes on the to the field side. Uh, but I also think one thing, just looking at, two deep, uh, at, uh, at Purdue's deep at too deep, man, there's a lot of Southern speed here. I mean, there's a lot of kids from Kentucky. There's a lot of kids from uh, Tennessee. Uh, the tight end. I guess there's only one, but it's the tight end uh, who I think it's the fastest tight end in the Big Ten, in Bryson Hopkins. Um, just I think there's a lot of southern speed. I mean, I'm just shocked at the Kentuckians on this roster: um, Georgia, Texas, uh, California. So I think Purdue. Ha- ha- if you if you're looking at just team speed, which I think is an element that we kind of ignore because we don't exactly we can't quantify it exactly. But I think Purdue has it. I think Purdue has some wheels here. And uh, uh, for a team like Iowa, a team that's more uh, born out of the upper Midwest, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, uh, I, I think sometimes that can be a problem. And, and we saw last week uh, or two weeks ago Penn State linebackers coming against uh, they were isolated linebackers blitzing against guards, and it worked. I mean, it worked. I mean, the, the middle of the offensive line opened up. So they're. I think you can do a lot with that speed element. And I think that's maybe. Uh, I know Purdue right now, two and four, not where it wants to be. Some some unfortunate injuries, obviously, but uh, I think I like what Brom's doing with the roster. I mean, this is a faster roster, and I think at a place like Purdue, you need a differentiator like that. I think Joe Tiller his differentiator was that offense. I, if if Brom can make speed that differentiator for Purdue, that that's a good thing. I think.
0: Yeah, they, they've they've definitely upped the uh, the speed uh, in the in the recruiting classes the last couple of years and even coming up in 2020. I, I did want to ask you a, kind of a bigger recruiting type question. Why why has Iowa continued to have success recruiting Indianapolis? And I you know and I've said that in order for Purdue to be a serious contender in the Big Ten West year in and year out, they they've got to beat. It. Iowa, you know, maybe on the field, but they also have to beat Iowa in the recruiting game because they they've come in over the last decade or so, and it might be longer. And they've plucked a number of kids out of the the Indianapolis metro schools, the big schools, the the the, the cream of the crop of in the state. So, in your opinion, why why has Iowa had that kind of success?
1: Calvin Bell. Uh, he's a, he was the recruiting coordinator. He is the defensive line coach now. He's the one who's, got, who's kind of uh, collected all those guys. He uh, uh, just—he's uh, from Mississippi. He's, uh, he played for the Hawkeyes. Um, defensive tackle had his career ended with a knee injury, but he's a guy making a lot of those connections and uh, tough to beat. I mean, he's—they've uh, come through on their promises with these kids too. These kids are playing. Uh, Brent's got Julius Brents from Indy. Got a look last uh, year. Uh, injuries have kind of held him back. Uh, D.J. Johnson also from from Indy. He uh he started the year at cash. He made three starts at corner. He didn't play much last week, but he's a guy who I think will uh will blossom. And and now offensively, they didn't have a lot to sell. David Bell. I mean, David Bell looked at the, what Iowa does in the passing game. And he goes, yeah, I like what Purdue's doing better. <laughs> so that's that's gonna be a tough. That might be a tough nut to crack for Iowa, but. They are getting defensive guys from there and uh, some linemen. So uh, Justin Britt. Uh, no, I, is he an Indianapolis guy? Justin yeah, Britt? he's
0: from he's from Warren Central.
1: He's a guy who might you might see him this week. Uh, he's a here's how bad. I don't want to say here's how bad it is in the <laughs> offensive line because I think Justin Britt's going to be a great player. But but here's how maybe desperate things are in the offensive line. Uh, they they Britt is going to lose his red shirt probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, he's already played three games. Now he missed his senior year. At, at a school in Indianapolis because of a knee injury, right? And they need him. <laughs> they're down <laughs> to needing him, so uh, they're needing a true freshman who had a knee injury last year to come in and maybe play for them. That tells you the desperation on the offensive line. But you're right. Uh, Indianapolis has uh, all been Kelvin Bell. Um, maybe hire him. I don't know. But you know, I, I think both Iowa and Purdue have uh, need to do a little better in Chicago. And it feels like to me, Chicago, the pool of players is shrinking and. Uh, because I, more, fewer kids are playing football, but I, I, I think, I, I do think Chicago is is still important for both for teams like Iowa and Purdue, just using your relationships and getting the best talent you can in the Midwest because, you know, that's where that's where that's where the players are. That's where you know, 200 miles away from home is where most of the players are from at school. So, I think Indy, I think, uh, is important and I, really important for Purdue. But I, I, I really like where, where Brom is going to get his athletes. I mean, th- you can see the rise
0: of the team speed there. Yeah, and uh, I think Iowa just got a commitment last month or so ago from a kid from Culver uh, Academy. He's a defensive lineman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Which is, I can't remember, I'm blanking on his name, but yes, he was hey, a Donate, four-star guy.
0: Denonte Craig, or I don't know if I'm yeah, pronouncing it, his Donate name. Craig. Yep, yeah, Yep. Yeah, pronouncing his name right. But he's, he's about an hour and a half north of, of, of Lafayette. Also, also a really good basketball player as well. Had a chance to see him play basketball last year in, uh, in the state tournament. But that, that's always kind of cur- you know, been, been, been something to me that I've looked at is that you gotta, you gotta keep some of these schools from coming into Indiana uh, and taking some of the players that you want. I mean, you're not gonna get them all, but that, to me, that's all. kind of always fascinated me how Iowa has set up, had set up that pipeline. Uh, um, it's been a while. It's yeah. been a
1: while too. I mean, AJ Eats, uh he he's one of the AD types in the Big Ten for the Big Ten right now. Um, or Big Ten, I guess, executive, I guess. But uh, 2009, he was one of the one of the guys who helped turn around. He's from Greenwood, Indiana. So yeah, I was been tipping Indiana a little longer than I, yeah. Now that
0: I think about it, you're right. Right. All right. Well, Mark, we appreciate your time. Uh, tell people where you're at on Twitter and social media, because I know you, that's a big deal to you. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. You know what? It's weird. Uh, I went uh, my first ten years of this big job without that at all. Then we had a new editor, and he like he started showing us what Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff was, and I was like what what is that but he made us sign up for it and uh it, and here we are uh I, it says my name is mark morehouse it just like it sounds all runs together at, and that's it at me at mark com or at Mo- mark morehouse and that's it uh come and say hello uh last year i took some heat from purdue folks because it was a really slow rush to the field and i said hey this is one of the saddest <laughs> field rushes i've ever seen but hey i did come back with the, the Purdue fans deserve that, and, I, and I'm glad that they rushed the field because that was a big win. And uh, hey, you're I Iowa's heads now. Um, enjoy it.
0: <laughs> right. Well, you got to remember that that came on the heels of the Ohio State win, where that's right. Everybody rushed the field, and I think they were probably still a little bit worn out from from, <laughs> from that from that night. So Every that's fan why it was only got
1: one good field rush a season, right? Yeah, it was a little
0: bit slower and. Um, so you know, nope. I think
1: nobody's holding the, the stopwatch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But I think they're I think they're trying to the work on their, their their field rush game. There was no field rushing uh, last week after beating Maryland, and, and nor well, should it's... and nor should there be. No, 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 right. not at all. All right. Well, Mark, we appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, joining us today, and look forward to seeing you on Saturday. And of course, everybody check out Mark's work uh, out in Iowa. Does a tremendous job, and you'll be full of knowledge after. Uh, uh, and some humor after uh, uh, checking out uh, his business. Once again, thanks, Mark. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Once again, thanks uh, to Mark for uh, joining us uh, on the uh, Boilers Extra podcast uh, to preview the Iowa game. He is he is uh, one of the best out there, and we really do appreciate his time. Uh, he is full of knowledge and uh, full of uh, <laughs> If you'd ask uh, the people that help cover Iowa, he's a full he's full of a lot of things, uh, but now he's uh, he's been a great resource uh, 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 when it comes to Iowa football and uh, helps out other writers uh, around the Big Ten and uh, just does a does does a great job. But uh, from the Purdue side of things, uh, heading into Iowa's uh, uh, heading into Saturday's game uh, against Iowa, and uh, we mentioned it or I mentioned it uh, during the during the during the podcast that. Uh, uh, Anthony Watts uh, might be a go uh, to get back on the defensive line. He, he did practice Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, he had his elbow in a brace, uh, so that might be good news uh, for the Boilermakers and 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 their defense. If you can if you can get Watts back in there, uh, rotating uh, with uh, some of the other guys with Lawrence Johnson, Kai Higgins, uh, even Jack Sullivan, uh, seeing some playing time there. Jeff Marks. Uh, that that's gonna that's gonna boost your your defensive line play, you know. I think the the ends George Karloftis and and Derek Barnes have done a really good job this year. Uh, you know now you know Purdue needs to, to shore up the middle uh, a little bit more, and the linebackers can help in that area too with Ben Holt and uh, Jalen Alexander uh, playing a majority of the snaps last week with the absence of Cornell Jones and Kieran Douglas. Uh, Jones's status uh, is unknown. Uh, he was out at practice on Tuesday. Did not see him on Wednesday. Um, kind of the same with Kieran Douglas. He was out there uh, Tuesday, but didn't see him Wednesday. Uh, the other player that missed last week's game, Branson Dean, uh, did not see at practice this week. So he's probably a no go uh, for for the defensive line. But uh, this is a big game for Purdue, as they all are. And uh, Purdue has put itself in a position where you know every game is now basically a must win. Uh, as you, if you want to get to a bowl game, uh, you know they they recovered last year after being zero and three, you know got on a winning streak and then was able to, to get to a bowl by beating Indiana in the last game, uh, you know probably the same thing is going to have to happen here. Uh, if somehow you, if if Brahms magic over um, uh, Iowa continues, um, you know you you leave yourself a little bit of margin for error uh, as you as you hit November, but. You know, if if Purdue loses this game on Saturday, then uh, they're you know you're going to be forced to win out, uh, even though you got the Wisconsin game coming up, which will probably be uh, a loss uh, toward the end of the year. But then you have to you have to beat everybody else uh, that's that's left on the schedule, and it's all it's all kind of doable. Uh, but you, you really don't want to put yourself in in that position. But that's what happens when you lose to Nevada, and I think the Nevada game. Uh, this year uh, is is probably one that's going to come back and bite them and it's going to sting and it may be a game that keeps them uh, out of out of a bowl game Uh, we don't know yet Uh, I think when uh, Purdue lost to Eastern Michigan uh, last season you know that was the game that got circled said well this will this could be the game or probably should be the game that keeps Purdue out of a bowl game but you know the beating Ohio State kind of made up for that and then you know, Purdue was able to, to get enough wins to go to a bowl game. It's going to take something like that again. Winning on the road, uh, although the Ohio State game was home, but winning at Iowa or winning at Wisconsin or maybe winning at Northwestern that that's going to have to make up for uh, what happened in the first game of the year. And uh, it's unfortunate that they're in this situation, but. You know this is what this is what it's uh, this is what it is right now, and it's what it what it's going to be uh, the rest of the year. The injuries, in a in a way, have uh, forced more new new faces to get on the field, which I think, in the end, will be a good thing uh, for this for this team and this program as, as they get into 2020. Uh, and you're going to get a lot of guys with experience, and I think we'll see probably a few more new faces as you get into November w- with the four game uh, redshirt rule. Uh, and guys, just being able to play four games and keep their their, their season of eligibility, there there are some guys that uh, probably be held out uh, the, the rest of the year just to make sure that they they keep that uh, that uh, that year of eligibility. But others have already crossed the threshold and they're you know they're full they're full out for this year. And uh, you know I, I think the uh, you know the, the Iowa matchup. You know, I think Iowa's going to, as you know, as Mark alluded to, I think they're going to try to get back to running the ball, uh, doing doing what Iowa does well. Uh, he mentioned the uh, the pass attempts; they've they've attempted forty the last two games. Part of that is that they've been behind uh, in both of those games, and it, it has required them, especially late, to go through the air. But that's just not a mark that um, Iowa football wants to do. They don't want to they don't want to throw forty times. In a game, and and if Purdue can make them throw 40 times in a game, I think that would work in in Purdue's favor. Uh, but I think they're going to come out and try to try to run the ball. That you know their offensive line's got some problems, but if Purdue can get some push and uh, force them to to, uh, to to go through the air a little bit more, even though they have a pretty good group of receivers, um, you know that might work in Purdue's favor. But that's you know, but a lot of things have to happen. Uh, for for all that to take place, Purdue's got to do some things on, on offense. It can't get bogged down like it did against Penn State and just getting get overwhelmed by by the defensive line. And you know, and Purdue's not going to find the success it had last week against Maryland. You know, it's going to have to uh, convert some third downs, which it did against Maryland. But also, it's going to have to be really going to have to be really uh, good on first down to to avoid some third and long uh, situations. But you know, all in all. Uh, you know, there's, there's still something to play for, uh, as you reach the halfway mark with, uh, with Purdue. And I, you know, I think that's probably going to be the driving force, uh, this week as uh, as they get ready to, to face the Hawkeyes, uh, be back after the game on Saturday, uh, with a post game, uh, wrap up, uh, as, uh, we head back to, uh, Indiana as we drive back. Uh, so, uh, tune in then and, uh, subscribe to this podcast, uh, However you do it uh, if not if you don't know how to do it then google it it'll tell you how to how to do it uh, but no we appreciate you listening appreciate you um, uh, spending some time uh, learning about the Hawkeyes and uh, getting an update on the bordermakers as always if you have questions or comments feel free to to reach out on social media uh, at Twitter at uh, at carmen uh, underscore jc or you know hit us up through email or uh, however you want to contact us and uh, be happy to, to read your questions, answer your questions uh, in our next podcast uh, as we uh, get ready for the second half of the football season. So Purdue and Iowa Saturday at noon uh, Eastern time from uh, Iowa City. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, after that game uh, on the way back uh, to Indiana.